Welcome to the Automation Unplugged podcast, the podcast for technology professionals featuring leading industry personalities. I'm your host, Ron Callis. Today's show features John Robbins, Executive Director at HTSA. With 44 years of experience in the custom integration industry, John got his start leading High Fidelity House based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, back in 1975, when he took over the family business. Today, John serves as Executive Director at HTSA, where he crafts annual strategic business plans to help propel the organization forward. John is also responsible for building strong relationships with the finest technology brands and the nation's top AV specialist, creating a powerful collective whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. We live streamed this interview on our One Firefly Facebook page on Wednesday, November 25th, 2020 at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. In this conversation, we discussed HTSA's sales training approach. In this conversation, we discussed HTSA's sales training approach, John's view on how the recent 2020 election turnout will impact the custom integration space in North America, how John defines leadership and the HTSA membership growth and opportunities. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Let's jump into my interview with John Robbins. John, hello, sir. Hey, Ron, how are you? I am. Good to see you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Uh, You are, you moved recently, didn't you? Are you you in a new house? Uh, So we're in, uh, we had been living at our beach home uh, for, for the last five or six years. And uh, we just recently, um, in the last few months, kind of came back to Philly and we're back and forth now again. And uh, so right now I'm back just outside of Philadelphia and it's good to be home. This is where our main base was, you know, forever. So it's, uh, it's really good to be back. Are you, uh, are you originally from Philly? Is that you're, Born and you're... bred, and, and for those who know, and I, I even more uh, specifically, I'm from what's known as Delco, which is Delaware County, which for those who, uh, who understand the Philadelphia area know that uh, Delco is kind of unique uh, in its own right. And uh, that's where I'm from. And, uh, that's where I've spent all these years. Yes. Got it. And so for those that may not be aware, why don't you tell us what is HTSA? And then I will talk a lot. We'll talk a lot about a lot more HTSA things in a bit here, but uh, let's get that out of the way. What is HTSA for those that may not be familiar? So HTSA stands for Home Technology Specialists of America, which is a consortium of now 90 uh, AV slash CI, CEDIA type dealers from around the country. Uh, We were founded uh, actually in 1995 uh, as a group of um, consumer electronics dealers, primarily retailers at that time, of of which my company in Philadelphia was one of the original members. Um, And uh, there were a few of us involved. And we decided we wanted to try to create something uh, that would give us some uh, ability to communicate with each other, like-minded individuals, as well as deal with the the key vendors at that time um, and, and try to make the best possible programs that we were able to do. And that evolved into, because of these, these kind of hybrid CE guys evolved into significant CI guys over the years. And, uh, that's where HTSA came from, and um, uh, I was an, uh, on the board for 20 plus years, uh, and I came back as executive director in 2005, uh, and it's been a it's been a great five years. 2005. I'm just tracking here. 2015. I'm sorry, 2015. 
I'm st- my head's still spinning that, from us trying to get hooked up. All right, here. so let, let's get it out of the way. Let, let's tell our audience what pain and suffering you and I just went through because it, it was it was harrowing, but we made it through the jungle and we landed to the other side and we're now in the river heading to the ocean. Uh, what, what, what did we just go through, John? It, with 30 seconds to spare, right? <laughs> So we made it through the jungle of Facebook and uh, and and be live and everything else. But but we're here. And uh, so so anyway, it was 2015 that I came back as executive director. And uh, and again, we've had a uh, we've had a terrific run for the last five years. We've added a lot of members. Uh, we've added a ton of initiatives. Uh, we've brought on some key people to put us in some. Uh, in some areas of business that we hadn't been in. Uh, and uh, we're just, uh, e- even with the challenges of this year, uh, our members have have flourished and uh, it, it's been very gratifying. So John, let's, uh, let's go to the way back machine. You've been in this business in different forms and flavors for a long time. You ran one of the largest integration companies in the country, in the form of uh, Hi-Fi House uh, there in Philadelphia. And so I'd love to just go back. I've, I've received plenty of feedback from our audience. They love to hear the stories of how people land where they're at. And uh, you've, had, you've had quite a journey. So do you mind, can I get, help us understand what does what your background look like and how'd you ultimately land here? So uh, I, I started in the business. Actually, you had me as forty-five years, and uh, it's 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 forty-four. Uh, so okay, let's not more, add any extra time. Older than I am, uh, I started <laughs> in this business in nineteen seventy-six, um, and uh, I, um, I I stepped into a business called Hi-Fi House, which was started by my dad uh, in nineteen fifty-five as a as a stereo business. Uh, actually, it's a hi-fi business prior to stereo. And, uh, and I had an upbringing. It was interesting because, um, as a kid, I can remember, um, things like, uh, a, a, a guy pulling up to my parents' house with this weird looking speaker, um, uh, that I had never spe- seen before. And I was a kid running in and out of the house, you know, playing baseball or doing whatever I did. And, uh, and this uh, guy by the name of Dr. Bose had a speaker that he brought to my parents' house for my dad to audition. And it was this weird looking speaker that you had to have up against the wall. And it looked like the top of it looked like a home plate. That's all I knew. Uh, and it was the first Bose 901. And that was the original Bose speaker. I can remember people like Henry Kloss coming through, uh, you know, my parents' home. Uh, believe it or not, Akio Morita who was the founder of Sony. Um, and I was just this kid growing up and my dad was early in the business. Uh, my dad um, in, in 1976 um, was not doing great uh, physically. Uh, and I was kind of brought into the business, kind of thrown into it. Uh, I was in college at the time. And in, uh, in 1980 or 81, I kind of became fully ensconced. Um, and, uh, and as time went on through the 80s and into the 90s, uh, again, I, I, as I said earlier, we evolved uh, into, and at one time we had as many as 14 stores, uh, uh, hi-fi stores around, around the Philadelphia area. Uh, and then we, we, we saw, I saw with Circuit City and Best Buy coming into the markets, I saw that we had to have kind of find a niche. Um, we always did some level of custom, whether it was, you know, mostly commercial. But I saw um, that we needed to evolve into into something a little bit different for people that wanted to take up our services. Uh, and it, 80s and 90s, uh, new construction started to to really happen, and people bi- building these McMansions and whatnot. I hooked up with guys like Scott Struthers and Jeff Spencer. Um, at Sonance, we were one of the first Sonance dealers in the country, um, and we uh, we started seeing the need for this level of custom, and uh, and and Hi-Fi House uh, evolved along those lines, and we became uh, we became pretty significant in the Philadelphia market from a custom standpoint. We had some of the biggest builders in the market, 
uh, some of the most serious architects, uh, designers, et cetera. Um, and uh, several years ago, you know, one of the advantages of having a fairly decent sized CI company was that you had a fairly decent sized CI company. Uh, one of the disadvantages was to fund that we were upwards of 100 to 125 employees uh, was that it had to be funded. Uh, we were involved with, uh, with commercial lending institutions and things got a little bumpy uh, during the last slowdown. And uh, we were unable to come to agreeable terms with our bank and, uh, and one unfortunate thing led to another and our, our company um, was after almost 60 years in business uh, was basically kind of shuttered. Um, and uh, so I, um, here, we, here I was with the 100 employees at the time and uh, toughest day of my life when I had to tell them it was over. It came out of nowhere. It came very quickly. Um, and, um, and, and, and here we were, and, and most of these people uh, of the 100 probably, you know, better than 50% of them had been with me for 25 years or more. And I had to tell them it was over. Uh, and it was a it was a it was a blow to a lot of people. Uh, I do continue to keep in touch with a lot of those people. A lot of them have gone on their own, which really thrills me. Uh, and they've done really well uh, in, in smaller versions. Uh, and hopefully, some of the things that they learned at Hi-Fi House over the years, and and the attitudes and mentalities that we had, and cultures that we had as a as a business, have carried over, and they've. Uh, They've used that in their new success. Just to, uh, not to stop you, but I just want a clarifying question. I'm sure maybe some people in the audience have had challenges in their lives or their business. Uh, is there anything in hindsight, uh, whether in days, over days, months, or years, anything that you would you know now that you would have done differently? Yes. Probably don't think about just getting big. Um, and think about being the best operator you can be. And I think we were a pretty good operator. Uh, but unfortunately, with getting big, in a lot of cases, requires debt. And I would strongly recommend for people to stay away from debt. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, there's a whole lot of people that are successful in this business without carrying debt. And uh, I think if you get too big, debt becomes a natural component. and I would advise against acquiring debt. So, well, I, I want you to finish the story. When that happened, that was, that was what, around uh, 12 or 13 or? 13, 14. 13, 14. Where did you go from there? I want to come back to Hi-Fi House because I think there's just so much gold there, so many lessons, so many experiences, so much that you guys did right for so many years. I, I want to explore that. Um, but what, what happened when that went down? What would you do next? So, so what happened, it, it, it was interesting. So we closed the business, uh, in June of 2014, I think it was June 2nd. Uh, and, um, I was called by NetSertiv, um, the principals at NetSertiv, who is a, uh, a significant digital marketing company in our space, uh, called me and asked me to join them. I was, I was basically out of work for two days um, since 1976. Uh, and uh, a couple, by mid-June, I was on board with NetSerta, uh, you know, helping them and consulting with them in the AV space, as well as how to communicate properly with the, the, the uh, manufacturers. Uh, you, you and I shared a booth at Cedia. I, I want to say it was 14 or 15. It was a one Firefly NetSertive booth at the show. We did, and uh, so I was there for uh, for about uh, eighteen months. I was traveling back and forth from Philadelphia. I wasn't used to getting on a plane every other week, um, but I had to get used to it. And I I was going down to Research Triangle Park in in Raleigh, North Carolina, where NetServe is located. Uh, I was going there basically every other week, uh, and we um, we did some good things there, um, and. Uh, after about 18 months or so, I was um, uh, asked by the board that was left at HTSA. I was asked by the board to come back and and uh, perhaps as a as a hired hand, come back as the executive director um, to to oversee 
uh, some things. And uh, I, I came back in November of 2015, right about now, five years ago, right about now. And, uh, and, and the rest is history. There was a re. I, I think I know this, but I might be misremembering this. So d- just clarify for me. I, I want to say that HTSA rebranded and what the acronym stood for. Is that correct, or did it always stand for Home Technology Specialists of America? No, you've got a great memory, and that happened actually prior to my coming back. That happened when I was still a member with Hi-Fi House, and I was on the board. Um, originally the acronym stood for home theater specialists of America. And I would say probably sometime in the early 2000s, the years kind of all. I say, I can't remember either, but I remember something about that happened at some point. And we thought it was far more germane to be home technology as the home theater thing had kind of run its course. Uh, We thought that it really made more sense to, to adjust the acronym to home technology rather than home theater specialists of America. Got it. And so what, what's going on right now? What are some of the big uh, action items within HTSA? Well, obviously uh, about three years ago, we brought in Tom Doherty. Um, As many people know, Tom was a a really one of the the driving forces behind Cedia in, in its early days. Uh, in the last uh, the last 13 years, um, Tom had really uh, devoted his life to the lighting sector. He he, had, he was a Lutron Diamond guy. He's in Lutron's Hall of Fame. Um, and Tom had really worked on not only lighting control, but uh, fixturing, uh, architectural fixturing, how to do design, uh, how to best supply that to clients. He'd become kind of uh, obsessed with the whole process. Uh, Three years ago, we brought Tom in uh, full time to help our members start to understand better, uh, not just lighting control. We have a lot of guys and had a lot of guys doing significant Lutron business, um, control business. And now we also do it with Vantage and others. and we wanted them to become more aware of the of the architectural hardware lighting business. And Tom has done just an incredible job in bringing people up to date on on how to make that a significant part of their business. And again, we've had great success there. Uh, our people are doing real lighting business, and uh, and it's been with a lot of education. We weren't going to do it without the education. We didn't feel that you could just go in and say, go in and do the lighting business. So um, that has been Tom's baby. Another baby of his has been wellness. And uh, we were the first partner in our space with Davos. And uh, we have continued to, again, educate our members. We do have several active projects and these are significant projects uh, in place right now amongst membership. And, and again, these people have to be educated before we will uh, fully endorse them to go out and, and do that kind of work. Uh, um, so, so those are two of the technology uh, initiatives, and we've got a few more in the hopper uh, that, that will come out in 2021. The other initiative that I think has been significant uh, has been our um, our sales training and we call it relationship science. That's right. Uh, Keith runs that, correct? Keith does run that. Keith Esterly, uh, who had been uh, instrumental in back in the day, we think that one of the finest, and I knew from being a competitor that one of the finest training um, uh, courses that was in our industry was put on by Twitter. It was developed by Twitter. they had issues, Tweeter did, but training was not one of them. They, their salespeople were really good at selling CI, really good. And uh, Keith was a significant part of the training of Tweeter back in the day to get these guys. They had all kinds of great, great curriculums. Uh, Keith was involved in writing some of those and presenting some of those. Uh, then he spent some time actually with Walmart. Um, uh, uh, doing this training for a lot of middle managers uh, throughout Walmart's uh, mega company. 
Uh, and uh, it'll be coming up on two years in January uh, that Keith and I crossed paths and we talked about developing a curriculum for HTSA members. Uh, and he, uh, he had gotten a fantastic start at uh, getting out and, and we've got a whole, he's built a whole curriculum for it. Um, and he's gotten to see probably 12 to 15 members in their headquarters and meet with every employee of every member, uh, wow. talk about relationship science. And then we got hit with COVID. We had another 12 to 15 scheduled for 2020. Uh, we hit with COVID and we haven't been traveling obviously, but we have been doing a lot of virtual things. So um, that that is another initiative. So those three initiatives among others, I would say those three are the, are the critical ones. You can see here, Keith uh, is watching. Maybe, Keith, if you're out there, give us another comment so I don't know if you're still there. But uh, Keith is loving that you and I are wearing our brands on our hats and T-shirts. So uh, in your case, you're more formal. You have the button up. I'm wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> so uh, appreciate the love, Keith. Uh, for those I have, that are- By the way, I have sweatpants on down low. There so, you go. Yeah, that's it. Shorts I, below, but all business exactly. up above. Exactly. Uh, Keith's comment uh, says, uh, love all the logos and apparel. So uh, I, I appreciate that, Keith. Now, how has, I mean, 2020, this is the COVID year, right? I, I Hopefully we can not call 2021 the COVID year as well, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, how has, uh, how has your, your membership made it through 2020? What's going on? Well, you know, it's really interesting. Um, February, March, when things started to happen, I, as well as probably everybody had, you know, the unknown created serious concerns. Uh, unknown is scary. Unknown is really scary. Uh, and I've been through it a couple, quite a few times in my career. And, uh, and, and we had to take a look at this and we started talking. The one thing that we always had to do that we maintained was communication. We were talking to our people constantly, whether it be owners, whether it be project managers, whether it be salespeople, whether it be technicians. We were having technician happy hours on Friday evenings throughout March and April that because these techs were freaked, you know, like what's going on? And, and by the way, we didn't have all the answers at that point. We uh, And then as things began to come into focus, we, we were starting to get amazed the fact that, wow, we're in an industry um, that is actually has the possibility to benefit from this crisis. Um, and how do we reach out to our customers to tell them we're here for them and what we do could be an important part of them being kind of locked down. Uh, and we came, we scripted people. We We talked about what would be the the best way to reach out to clients. Uh, and, and again, at that time, little did we know that we would become beneficiaries. Unfortunately, I wish there had not been, obviously, like everybody else, you wish that this had never occurred. But um, as an industry, we were beneficiaries of, of this very challenging time. Uh, and our members, uh, through communication and through fortitude and, and that kind of thing, uh, We've had just, we've experienced unbelievable business uh, over, over this time. I mean, the big challenge has been obviously having enough people to do the work and some serious supply chain issues because the vendors didn't know either. They didn't know how to product plan. Um, so uh, here we are now in Thanksgiving and business has been incredible. Uh, and we're, we're pretty bullish about how business is going to be for the next several months. So um, it, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, it, it's an interesting time. Keith uh, just gave us a comment. This is uh, Keith Esterly with HDSA. He says, "Quick comment." Uh, what did he say here? The my button's in the way. It says members have been really embracing the training effort. John and I began both the live events and the all new online resources we've been building and all the, the members have been a pleasure to work with. So, uh, so kudos so, to you, Keith, for pivoting into virtual and just keeping on, keeping on. What, one of the, uh, one of the things that Keith resources that Keith is talking about, we, 
we have created during these months uh, that we've been kind of, you know, uh, kind of stuck on the ground. We, uh, Keith was tasked with helping to create because he Keith's title is chief learning architect. Uh, and he's about getting people educated uh, in a lot of different areas, not only about the technologies. His main thing has been this relationship science and sales training and uh, that kind of thing. But through this course where he's been grounded, uh, he has developed something that we call the vault that is a repository uh, in one place that our members can go to get just loads of information, videos, and uh, not only from the vendors, but also Keith's relationship science. We, we've shot videos to, to give people refreshers or new hires uh, to, to kind of drive home points. And it's one place uh, that they can go to and get just uh, abundant information. So, John, we have a new, uh, uh, this is not political, but it has uh, economic ramifications. So we have a newly elected president. There's going to be changes that are going to happen. Any prognostications on 2021 uh, as to kind of what our industry, what HTSA members, but the industry at large, uh, what, what you think is going to happen? Well, I, look, as long as I've been in, you know, in this CI business, we have we have always tracked off of real estate. Right. Okay. Um, and not only and this this time we mostly tracked off a of new construction. Right. Uh, where if new construction was good, guys in our space would do really well. OK. Um this is a little bit, and, and real estate right now is on fire uh, throughout the country. Okay. The low interest rates, uh, you know, people are buying things on the East Coast and in, in vacation areas. People are buying things for over asking. They're fighting over properties, buying sight unseen. Uh, that is very beneficial to us. But what's interesting now is it's not just new construction, uh, it's existing homes. Um, and if we get the messaging out right as an industry for what we do, particularly with technology and all the things streaming and, and why they need us to come into a new home, whether it be, new, again, new construction or an existing home, to update them on technology, um, if we get that messaging out as an industry, um, we can have a really nice run here um, as long as we follow real estate. And to answer the question, we're bullish about what's going to happen over the first, you know, obviously uh, with with new administration, um, we think it's more dependent upon the real estate market. We think things are going to be good for a while. Got it. Well, th those of you that are listening out there, that's got to be music to your ears and maybe it matches what you're already feeling inside. So that's, that's exciting. John, you've, you've been a leader for many decades. You were leading your, your company. Uh, for many years, and and now you're leading this group called HTSA. Well, yeah, I'm going to give you a, a high level question here. What what does leadership mean, and and how does one be become or act like a good leader or an effective leader? Uh, wow, I you know, I I don't I don't really view my I, I, maybe it's part of it. I I uh, I think that yeah. To be a good leader, you have to be a really good listener. Um, and, and I think along with that is there has to be a level of humility. And and I can think back on times where I wasn't very humble. And boy, did it, you know, I have that this saying about, you know, uh, one day your ass is on the throne and the next day you're thrown on your ass. Um, I, I, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I am, I am living proof of that I, sounds very game of thrones <laughs> uh, and, and we talk we talk a lot um uh, amongst memberships about hum uh, amongst membership about humility um and i think to be a good leader you have to be open to suggestions you have to be open to what what other people have to offer uh tom keith and i meet regularly and compare ideas compare notes I, the, the more people that are thinking about things, and um, I, I, I think the better chance you have to come up with great strategies and concepts. Um, and, and I think good leaders listen to the people around them. 
and and don't have such an ego that they don't want to take the information that's available to them. So I think a, a huge part of leadership is listening and learning every day, uh, and then sharing that information, finding good avenues to share what you've learned. Um, so I, I don't think it's very complicated. I, I think it's, it's more about being open to ideas and concepts. Keith, a member of your staff, uh, posted, he said, John hires not only for skill set but also for attitude and then lets his team do their thing with 100% trust. Does that sound right? Uh, that sounds exactly right. I, uh, I'm a big believer in, and, and uh, I don't know if there's any ex old hi-fi house people on here, but I'm a big believer in allowing people to do their jobs. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully you've got the right people in the right seats. Uh, and, and look, there, there are uh, platforms for making sure you have the right people in the right seats. Uh, uh, I was a big proponent of EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, and, and we've used it. Many of our members are now using it. Uh, we, we brought it in, uh, you know, almost five years ago, and we probably have 25 members that are regularly using it. Um, and it's a great platform. And, and I think part of that is allowing people to do what they're supposed to, be, to do and, uh, and making them be accountable. Um, and uh, I've, got, I've got a tremendous team, uh, as I've stated. Uh, you know, our, our back office is amazing. Jordan's an incredible talent. Uh, Amanda's a great uh, uh, business uh, uh, agent. So um, I, I think that you've got to have faith that the right people are in the right seats. No, I'm a, I'm a big advocate and believer in everything you just said at one firefly, we brought in EOS uh, in the late summer of 19. So we're about a, a year, year and a half in to, to using EOS and uh, the traction system. And it's uh, it was so right for us. I'm willing to say it's not right for everyone. Everyone has to choose. Uh, but for my team and I, it was absolutely right, right, right stuff at the right time. So I'm a total believer. And you mentioned tools and within people. So there's a tool within EOS called the People Analyzer. Uh, do you want to describe that? Is that the tool you were referring to, People Analyzer and matching people against core values? Or what was top of mind for you there? The, the biggest top of mind, I think, for EOS was was actually getting to the level 10 meetings. Okay. Uh, so what, what's a level 10 meeting, John? So a level 10 meeting is uh, when you're able to conduct and, and, and basically the platform teaches organizations how to conduct efficient uh, and uh, compelling meetings amongst staff and gives people uh, initiatives that they need to work on and they need to address uh, and that they're held accountable for, uh, and revisits these. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have meetings uh, in business, and I would say that the majority of them uh, don't lead to anything. You sit there and you meet with all these people for hours on end, and you talk about all these ideas, and then nobody does anything, right? That's not how it works with the OS. So uh, level 10 opens you up to understanding how a meeting should be conducted and how the people should be held responsible. Uh, and and um, so I, I think that the biggest thing that our people have gotten is, is how to properly conduct level, level 10 meetings. Um, the people analyzer is all part of the whole program. Uh, additionally, we're, we're a big proponent, uh, HDSA is, we have uh, actually personality analysts analyzation uh, online uh, that we have available to our members. And it's part of what we offer uh, that is uh, uh, the members have the ability that if they have a new hire, they have existing hires, they can actually have a personality analyzed to see if it would be a good fit for their company. Uh, it's been interesting because there have been occasions where my members have come back to me and said, you know, I really wanted to use McQuaig, but I needed somebody desperately. 
And I used them and they came back and they said, this wouldn't be a good fit. And I needed somebody. So I went and hired that person anyway. And two months later, what they had predicted was dead spot on. Um, so uh, we, we tell people just because you need somebody may not be the right reason to hire. Amen. Hire slow. I know it's an old adage, hire slow, fire fast. But when people, especially our industry, right? And your members, they are bottlenecked right now. There's gold on the beach and they can't scoop it up fast enough because they're limited with manpower. So it's so tempting to just bring people on, but it's so dangerous to bring the wrong people on. Correct. Do you feel that, you know, the companies that you work with, I mean, do they hear you? Like it's words and it sounds good, but do you think they, they hear you or do you think it just depends on maybe their tenure in business as to whether um, or not they... No, I think that I think the vast majority does hear. Um, the more important thing is not hearing from me. It's from hearing from their fellow members. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we're really good at that. We're really good at communicating amongst each other and sharing successes and just as importantly, failures among membership uh, to try to have everybody understand wh- where uh, where, you know, things are going. And, um, so we're, we're very intent on sharing that kind of information. And we have a couple different communication, uh, tools that we use, uh, to make sure everybody's understanding what other people are going through. So tell me, I mean, and I'll just, I'll high level say that for many years, I've been a part of many different groups and, when I say groups, you know, buying, it could be an association like CDA, could be uh, various buying groups or entities out there. And one of the challenges, and, and I say I, I'm a, an observer, I'm also a participant, but I'm going to say I'm going to put my observer hat on, is that I think there there often are engaged companies or participants, and there are often unengaged uh, participants or or companies. And one thing I've observed about HTSA is your membership appears to me to be very engaged and very uh, high levels of participation. And so I'm just going to ask you, is, is that the case? And if so, how, why is that the case? What's happening at HTSA? Maybe that isn't happening at other places. I would say it is the case, Ron, but I think we still have improvement. Uh, I think we there's room for improvement. Um, there are still instances where people don't get the communication uh, or perhaps don't, you know, uh, uh, and look, everybody's busy. I get it. Um, but there are things, um, we have a, a couple of very unique ways of getting out to our members. I think you have to, and I tell my staff this, we have to be very sensitive to the fact that all these folks are busy and their, their main thing, and I knew this as being a, a CI guy, is to get projects done for for customers, and to especially get right before the holidays. And Thanksgiving was bigger than Christmas, yeah. right? Now yeah. this one may have been a little different because Thanksgiving it was people coming home for the first time since the summer. I don't know how much that's happened, um, but the, the point is, um, the, the, yeah, you have to. Where's my level of thought? I'm sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. Um, no, that's okay. The uh, the the point is, and uh, Keith, help us out. Drop drop a comment down here, Keith, and help move us along here. Keith, out there. Yeah, Keith, it, are you there? I, yeah, I'm I'm putting it, Keith on the spot. It's, it's hard to get him quiet. Um, no, he already said okay. I'll shut up for now. So I, I think he <laughs> thought that he had already said too much. So he's he's telling you and I that he wasn't going to say anything else. No, Keith, we need you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost my train. No, no, that's okay. I do it all the time. So, but I, I have something else that's top of mind for me, and that is you just had the virtual event. You just had normally and historically you have live events. I have not had the pleasure of attending a live. Uh, oh, he says he stepped away. See, we we knew we'd call him out. He's and it's all right, Keith. We're we're remind me. <laughs> That's what we wanted you for, Keith. That's funny. 
but you just had this virtual event and um, were you satisfied with the level of participation? I know I got to sit through some of the sessions. They were, they were really impressive. Well done. Um, I mean, what's going on in the world of virtual? What do you think is going to happen next year, John? Or is it going to be virtual again? Um, or is it going to be in person? What's your read? What's your read on what just happened and what's your read on maybe what's going to happen next year? We had, we got great reviews on our virtual event uh, from members and vendors alike. Uh, if anything, it was interesting. Uh, asking for reviews, a lot of people said we had too much content, um, mm. which- Like which you have too little, you have too much, like, a lot, you know. A lot of people said it, our schedule was too active because um, we, we would have one session after another for a couple of days, which you kind of have to do because of the time shifts you know, across the country. Um, but we, we had, uh, we had some very, very compelling speakers, including Ron Gals. Uh, we tried to hit information that was germane to both members and vendors. It's tough to do. Um, but we wanted to improve everybody's businesses. Uh, we had an EOS uh, session, which was great. Uh, we had Richard Milson talking about standardization which is apropos, again, not only to dealers, but to vendors. Um, I don't want to do another virtual. That said, we did a, I think my staff was incredible, that the work they put in. And uh, I think we pulled off a really good virtual event. We, had, we regularly had 150 to 200 people at almost every session. Um, that said, again, I don't want to do it again. Uh, Unfortunately, I, I I had been bullish when we finished that. That uh, April will be fine. Uh, as time rolls on, as we get into 2021, uh, we're scheduled for early April in Fort Lauderdale for a, a, an in person. I want it to happen because it's like five right miles from road, my house, right, right <laughs> up the road. So um, I, I, I'm a little more bearish than I was a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Maybe the uh, the breakout of COVID across the U.S. at an accelerated exponential rate is the reason. Uh, and that that could have something to do with. It. Look, I <laughs> I think if if we do get vaccines in a lot of people quickly, uh, maybe it's up for discussion. Um, I, I am extremely. Uh, I, 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 at this point, I'll say I'm damn near positive that we're going to meet in the fall. I would yeah. love to. I would love to meet in the spring. Um, so we're going to do everything in our power to do that because uh, three conferences in a row to miss is tough. If we ha if we have to come back to virtual, we will. We've got a we've got a platform for it. We understand how it works. This one was this last one was really uh, nerve wracking because. You know, we were in uncharted waters, um, but it came off really well, and uh, we got a lot of good information to a lot of to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you as a participant, it was it was easy. I mean, so I I I commend you guys. I can only imagine the stress of trying to figure out a software platform and then figure out how to run it, and then I mean, you had you guys had to invent so much as you and Cedia and. Azion and uh, I mean, and, and, and all the other entities that make up our industry, everyone's had to figure out how to fly, you know, fly by the seat of their pants, but, but keep us connected. New world, you know, and uh, yeah, we, we were really pleased that we played out. No, I agree. So I, I want to close around uh, dealers, members, and I'm just curious, I'm assuming some people are, are interested what we're going to put up your website here in just a little bit. Um, what, what, where is your membership locked? I mean, who, so what is a HTSA member? What makes an HTSA member uh, different or special or stand out in your eyes? And are you guys looking to add anyone or is it locked? And your, your, your group is your group. We are not locked. Um, we're, we're, we're looking for, um, uh, for members that, uh, that, that understand the CI business, uh, that want to grow their businesses, uh, because that's what we're all about is growth. Uh, you, look, there's a lot of people out there that say, nah, I don't want to get any bigger. That's, that's fine. Uh, not necessarily what we're, we're looking for. 
we actually um, are, are kind of unique, Ron, in that as a membership, in that we evaluate markets. Um, we, we'll take a standard metropolitan statistical area or SMSA, uh, and we will look at the exact population versus the purchasing, HTSA purchasing that we're getting in that SMSA. Uh, and we will actually put a figure to that. And we're able to look that in certain, uh, you know, decent sized SMSAs, we've got enough purchases. We'll actually do the data uh, to make sure that we have the purchases. We do have a few, we're underserved in some, some significant markets. Um, and we're constantly looking at that, but we won't add people just to add people. Um, they, they, they have to be the right candidate uh, and they have to be willing. We tell our members, we expect you to come to our conferences. Um, you know, that's the answer to the question when you and I both lost our tra a train of thought. Right. That's right there. You mandate participation. In other words, don't join if you don't plan to be a part of this group. Yeah, we, we say it, it won't work out for us. Uh, we need you to be active. We need you to, yeah. to be involved. So um, we do have some holes around the country. And you want to uh, mention where those are? Are they top of mind for you? Sure. Yeah, they're top of mind. I've got a hole in, in, in areas like Las Vegas. I've got a hole in, uh, in New Orleans. I've got a hole in Orlando. Um, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, th those are metropolitan areas that we've been unable to find the right, the right partner uh, in those in those markets. Uh, and there's some others. Um, we do expect our members for them for we don't want to have members just to pay dues. Uh, that that to us is is really counterproductive. We want to make sure that the members get enough benefits out of a an HTSA membership that the dues they don't even think about the dues. So um, we want to make sure that they're doing enough business that they will have a positive experience um, of dues for, that the ROA ROI is right for them. What they invest in dues and time to be active in HTSA. So. Um, it, it, we're 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 fairly particular about who we kind of uh, invite into our our unique uh, our unique group. No, I I I love that, and I can tell you when you're a vendor, and so I'm a vendor, you know, service company, but I'm I'm called a vendor when I join these different you know entities. Nothing burns me up more than someone that I'm offering a discount to because they're a member of a group but yet that company doesn't participate in the activities or the meetings. So in other words, there's, it's very hard to actually as a vendor to engage with those companies to try to ultimately earn their business. You know, it's, it, that's a one-sided relationship. And, and I know what your vendor partners want is a two-sided relationship. It's okay to say no, but at least give the person the opportunity to have the conversation. Correct. That's all we're looking for is to be open to it and, and have the conversation. I agree. Well, John, it is, uh, it's Thanksgiving week. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? It's tomorrow. You know, we're, we're following guidelines. My wife, uh, my, our youngest is, is home. She's in law school and she's back home. Um, and we're, we're here in PA and it's just going to be the three of us for Thanksgiving. We're my wife is used to cooking for, you know, 20 or 25 or 30. So uh, we're trying to to be uh, mindful of, of you know, the directives and trying to be careful. And so that we can all have that same kind of Thanksgiving next year that we've always had. So uh, so we're being careful. Uh, amen. I'm uh, my. My parents and my family are all up in Virginia. And so normally I would be traveling for Thanksgiving. Typically we go there versus a bunch of people coming here and to Florida. And uh, we're going to do a Zoom Thanksgiving and probably a Zoom Christmas this year. We'll have laptops and Zooming from different households as we're all eating our, our Thanksgiving meals. Well, and, and Ron, I can attest to the fact that you're really good at all these technological communication uh getting down to the last 30 seconds, you walk me through it. So uh, 
you're the right guy to be setting up all kinds of Zoom Thanksgiving. Well, I, I appreciate that, John. Very kind words. John, how can the folks that are watching or listening, and if they want to get in touch with you personally or they want to learn more about HTSA, how would you have them do that? So our convention is our first name, uh, followed by at htsa.net. I am John, J-O-N, at htsa.net. But even if you want to reach out to Keith uh, or, or Tom, it's Keith at htsa.net or Tom at htsa.net. Um, we're, we're happy to talk to anybody and everybody. Uh, and, uh, you know, and we'll get back to you as, as quickly as we can. And um, we're happy to talk to anybody. You, you don't necessarily have to be a member. Um, obviously, we, we, you know, we take that very seriously, our membership, but, but you know, we're, we, Ron, I, I want to make clear, we want to improve, we want to help improve this whole channel. Mm -hmm. If our members get better at what they do, the whole channel gets better. Um, and, and we think we've done that uh, through our lighting initiatives and, and now through wellness and through some of our sales training. Uh, and we just want to bring up the level of the whole channel. And, and um, it, it's, it's, it's gratifying to see that happen. Yeah. Amen. I appreciate that. I appreciate that goal. We're very aligned in our desire to lift others up and knowing that if the tide raises, we'll be lifted up as well. So it, it all works out in the end. So John, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, sir, to, to join uh, myself and to join our, our listening audience uh, for this interview. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Hey, everybody, please be safe out there and have a great Thanksgiving and Let's all be thankful for what we've got. It's uh, it's a good life. Thanks. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Automation Unplugged. For a full transcript of this show and all previous shows, head over to our website at onefirefly.com forward slash AU. There you'll find links to all transcripts, show notes, Facebook Live recordings and resources mentioned during the show. If you enjoyed this episode and like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow us on social media. We are at One Firefly LLC on all platforms. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Automation Unplugged as we dive deeper into technology trends and the fascinating people that make up the custom integration industry. Bye for now.